There are no comments except people disagreeing with our top six. <laughs> like, yeah. You idiots. You have bad taste in your own Q&As. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Andy is very far away right now. He's a collection of pixels on my screen. We miss each other, actually. Mm. Yeah, this is very sad. This feels like a very <laughs> sad episode of Dear Shandy. <laughs> it's not meant to be. So this actually is the first time we're ever doing this in the two near two and a half years since we started Dear Shandy to record remotely like this. But there's been a change of plans in the re- in the remaining bit of 2022, which I guess we'll update our Shandies on right now. By the yeah. time this episode comes out, it's possible I will have announced this online. But basically after Denver, like a, two weeks after that, I flew to London and had intended to fly to Germany to do a bunch of auditions. But actually in London, one of those auditions led to a really last minute contract in Lyon, France, no big where deal. I'm where I'm jumping in for another soprano. And so this kind of derailed the rest of our year, like our Christmas plans were changed. I never ended up going to Germany. And I guess most relevantly to our shandies, Mm -hmm. it meant that I didn't fly home in time to record our final episode of the year. And so we kind of hemmed and hawed over what to do about this episode. We had always intended to take two weeks off, which, by the way, is also a first for Dear Shandy. We've never taken one week off since we started this podcast. We've never taken a single week off in two and a half years. And now, according to the Dear Shandy corporate team, we are allowed one week per year of vacation. And we are cashing in right now. Yeah, 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 we totally are. So yeah, this is a classic case of, you know, we're not just podcasters, we have other lives. And yeah, it's really coming to a head right now. It's really good for our shandies. Like if we don't take two weeks off, we may go mad, which would be bad, bad for the show if we went completely insane. So basically, I was going to fly home, we were going to record our final episode of the year. And honestly, I don't know how much people would have been into it anyway. It was probably going to be either a caller episode or a hot topic or something like that. But because of this, this like remote situation, and Andy, this was actually your idea. It was. We decided to do a Q&A greatest hits of 2022. And so basically together we decided what we felt were the top six. It was supposed to be five, but we decided on six. Q&As from 2022. And Interestingly, they aligned almost exactly. We had like yeah. the same taste. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the first question is question number two from episode 133. The title of the question is, is if he wanted to, he would always true. And this was from Anonymous. And the reason I, I actually chose this one, Andy, you didn't really... This was, this, not, this was not in my top 12, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I fought for this one. And the main reason is because I like that it revisited an early statement we made in our Q&As, which was that you said that it's more natural for, for men to chase. And yeah. people really focused in on the idea of chase. And then it, it kind of spawned a lot of Q&A questions about what do you mean chase? Like, how do you be chased? Like, I feel like it's so competitive out there. Like, how do I spark this chase. And what I liked was that this question, we kind of revisited that and like amended it somewhat based on the the modern dating climate and 
how, yeah, you need, you know, you want to be chased, but you need to make the conditions perfect in order to be chased. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a reality we're dealing with, with online dating now that shifted the power to the men and we have to accept Mm -hmm. that and Mm -hmm. you have to adjust. And, you know, I don't think it's, there's nothing sexist about this. This is absolute just reality. You must adjust your chasing criteria. Oh, and before we roll this one, I don't have any changes to my answer. Do you? Yeah, me neither. Okay, let's go. All right. This next question is from Anonymous. She is 26 female and the man in question is 27 male. Dear Shandy, more than once I have found myself in the following situation. I'm friends with a guy or we have some sort of rapport, there's flirty energy between us, no one makes an actual move, time passes, and later down the road, I find out through someone else that they had liked me. Mm. So annoying, lol. With the exception of dating apps, I often don't make the first move, particularly if I already have some sort of relationship with a guy, because I'm generally in the mindset that, quote, if he wanted to, he would unquote. That being said, I also find myself being, quote, secretly interested in guys extremely hesitant to make that known to them. Scenario. A couple of months ago, a guy I went to college with reached out to me. He realized I was in the city he was visiting and we met for dinner. We had a great time and he said he wanted to stay in touch. It's been about three weeks and we've talked about two to three times a week between phone calls, FaceTimes, and text messages. He almost exclusively initiates conversations. He has a lot of the qualities of a guy I'm looking for and I feel comfortable talking to him, but I'm so hung on, quote, if he wanted to, he would, unquote, that I'm leaving it up to him to make the move if he chooses to. I'm not in a rush to shift our relationship to something more obviously romantic just yet because I'm enjoying reconnecting in a relaxed, friendly way. However, I don't want to fall into the, quote, there's interest here but no one makes a move trap again if that becomes relevant here. Question. What are your thoughts? Is my mindset correct in that these guys are not interested enough to make a move or is there something I can or should be doing to contribute to moving a friendship slash acquaintance into something more romantic simply because I'm interested in the guy? Look forward to your response, Anonymous. Hmm. She's fishing without bait. Ah. She's got a hook, just a shiny metal hook. She thinks that's good enough. (laughs) <laughs> got to stick a worm on that. Yeah, okay. Or some kind of, um, of grub. A grub. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like, because we know we talk a lot about being chased and and people really do seem to focus on that. Like a lot of the questions we get are like, how do you be chased? Like yeah. you describe the chase thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm worried that people sort of put too much stock in that and that alone and not into the other elements that sort of set the stage for being chased. Yeah. Like I do think that you need to clear, make a clearing in the thicket and roll out a red carpet down which a person can chase you. Right. Uh, In today's dating climate, I will add. Yes. I, I completely agree. Chasing must be done by something that feels like there's something to chase. Yeah. Like a lion is not going to chase a statue of a zebra. It's not that stupid. He's like, that looks like a zebra. And they did a pretty good job. I yeah, have to those, admit, it's a pretty good job. stripes are convincing. Yeah, it's not bad, not bad. But I'm not chasing that. That doesn't look like dinner to me. Mm. It has to move like a zebra. Okay. It has to smell like a zebra. Yeah. It has to do that thing where it like <laughs> gyrates its butt when flies are on it. 
which I always like that. It's a nice yeah, it's thing cute. to watch. Well, it's so fascinating that, that Twitch. Well, apparently that's like a thing. They don't even know it's it's like an instinct. They're they're it's they amazing. Have this vibration that makes flies. Go it's away. like their skin is on a different. It's pretty neat. Plane than every other part of. Yeah, them. it's a thing we don't have because we don't have to deal with flies all over us all the time. Except when you have a twitch and you don't know how to stop it. That's that, always really that's weird. That's true. I think that's more stress related than fly related. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but my point is, is that you have to look like dinner mm-hmm. to be chased. Yes. And I'm that's not, not talking about have, looks. Oh, no, no, no. no you don't no, have no, to go out with like a, a hot pink tube no, top no. and like mini shorts or whatever. Is that what they call them mini shorts? Hot pants? Whatever. Yeah, I don't sure. know what they... I just think your association with tube tops always cracks me up. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but you just have this idea that a tube top is the most. Anything revealing your entire stomach to me is. Yeah, but you you confuse tube top with crop top. That's what I meant. Crop top. (laughs) Because a tube top can cover your whole. I know. Yeah. I I screwed up. Okay. Anyway, we know what you mean. The point is, this has nothing to do with looks. Nothing to do with looks at all. It has to do with 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 intention. It has Mm -hmm. to do with the the vibe you're giving off. Yes. And if you don't give off a flirty, for lack of a better word, flirty, inviting, inviting, yes, a dinner, a dinner vibe, the dinner bell, like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. There may, there, the dinner's here. The you may not be invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. And I think that is especially the case. Well, two things in today's dating climate, like mm-hmm. I said, we're, as we've said countless times on this podcast, men do not need to chase as much. They do not need nope, to take as many yep. risks what, yep. because there are countless options at their fingertips. They don't need to take a risk to get a date anymore. That's the that's that's a very good point, which I was going to bring up later, is that you're not talking about a lion who's like its ribs are showing yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's been around the Serengeti for like weeks without a meal. It's been that's like eating point. ants. No, you're talking about a lion literally sitting like a lion sitting like a man <laughs> like literally sitting on its butt with a huge pot belly yeah, yeah. surrounded by by carcasses yeah. of zebras and mm-hmm. every animal it eats it's, mm-hmm. it's it's like it's he's literally the only lion amongst herds of yeah. prey yeah he's going to only chase the most delicious <laughs> animal that's what no, you're but dealing more, with and also an animal he thinks he can catch yes an like animal like a zebra so- with a limp yes <laughs> Yes, he's gonna. You know what he? You know what he's looking. You're so right. He's. You know what the line of today, the the 28 year old line of today is yeah. looking for. Is looking for a zebra with one of those. You know the the dogs that have the carriages because their back legs don't work well. <laughs> It's literally looking for a zebra with one of those things, yeah. like rolling by at like one mile an hour. I know. By the way, we're talking just in terms of attainability, not in terms of compatibility, connection. This is we're not equating a woman to a dog that has like no who can't use its hind legs. I just yes. don't want people to get offended in some no. way by this comparison. The point is, is that the man has options today. Men are just inundated with options. They have too many options. It's too easy. So that's number one. Number two is I think when you're already friends or acquaintances with the person, like like in the situation, you have to be extra clear. And I just want to be clear about what I mean by clear. I think little things like holding eye contact for a little bit longer more than even feels comfortable necessarily or like just a little more touching or a sustained hug too long a hug too long a hug little things like that to suggest that you too are interested and she said that he initiates all these conversations i think that initiating a few more conversations like that in and of itself to me sounds like he's 
kind of dipping his toe in chasing her, but he's not really sure if it's reciprocated, especially since they're longtime acquaintances. Yeah. I don't totally blame him for not making a clear, will you go to dinner with me move based on their history and the fact that she's not initiating any conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I get playing it cool and being chased, but you also need to invite it again. The red carpet needs to be rolled out. You're dealing with a different set of variables today in the old days. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could pull off the whole, like aloof, like, Ooh, <laughs> I never, <laughs> but no, that don't work. Yeah. You've got a lion who is being literally asked by prey, a variety of prey. Yeah. Like zebras, yeah. horses, uh, gazelles. They're all kind of like, are you hungry yet? Are you, are you feeling hungry? Do you want yeah. food now? It's not fair. It's not fair. It's all wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. But you can sit around and complain about it all day long mm-hmm. and just not find what you're looking for. You have to play the game. And the game is that the guys have an absolute unfair abundance of choices. And, and that's not going to change. Entry. Unfortunately, that's not going to change anytime It's going to get worse. It may Oof. get worse. Okay, so the title of the email is balancing, quote, if he wanted to, he would, unquote, and quote, making the first move, unquote. And I think that there's an in-between here. You inviting him to, to ask you out is not you making the first move. It's just sort of setting the stage. It's making the conditions right. Yeah. It's like you said, putting grub on the shiny hook. Yep. Because I actually get the vibe that this friend is interested in her. But if I were him, I'm not sure if I would have the balls to possibly threaten the friendship either. I agree. Based on how much she's giving him. It's like a a bass is circling a shiny hook. And it's like, you know, I'm interested in that. Yeah. But it does kind of just look like metal to me. (laughs) You know, she's 26. He's 27. We're talking about an age where I think it needs to be made abundantly clear again unfortunately it's it's like the it's like the nat geo show i saw about these poor almost extinct rhinoceri okay which is correct by the way it is rhinoceri okay it's, not I didn't, rhinoceruses. I didn't question. Okay. it's the one i know about octopi i'm still not con- sure about <laughs> they say it's octopuses but i i find that hard to believe yeah. anyway i saw this sad show about these rhinoceros i <laughs> <laughs> screwed that up that, that are almost extinct. It's very sad. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a rhinoceros? Oh, we did. We saw a rhinoceros at the Seattle Zoo. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They're incredible. It's, an, it's like it, it It should be worshipped mm-hmm. like a god. This mm-hmm. thing is unbelievable. It's massive. Yeah. It's got a holder for its tail, <laughs> which, we, you know, you saw yeah. that. Anyway, these rhinoceros. That's an Instagram reference, by the way. Yeah, there was. Just, if anyone follows Dear Shandy on Instagram. It's a great, great uh, it's a, I, I don't know, like they really have a holder for their tail. Yeah, I don't know why. It's incredible. But okay, but go on. Anyway, my point is, is that these poor rhinoceri that are almost extinct at night, they gather. It's the mating time. It, rhinoceri apparently mate and socialize more at night. Okay. It's very cute. And they showed this big, giant male rhinoceros. White. I think it was white. I think they were focusing on the white yeah, rhinos because they're really extinct. in bad shape. Yeah. In really in bad shape. So um, he was enormous. It's like the most bad, probably nothing on earth could tangle with this rhinoceros. Okay. Nothing, except a man with a giant gun, obviously. Ugh. Ugh. So anyway, I don't want to talk about that. So he found a lady, a lady rhinoceros, <laughs> yes. that that was accepting of his advances. And she was like, let's, let's, let's do this. And he mounted... <laughs> 
and he was ready for battle. Trust me. I mean, don't, it was, he was, no one has ever been more prepared for battle than this rhinoceros. It was very evident. Okay. If you want to go Google that. Okay. I couldn't figure it out. He couldn't figure out how to bone. Oh, he was, he was, he was slipping and pushing. Oh, to bring up the analogy, the, he put his hand on the stove. He didn't know not to. Yeah, we, that's <laughs> really, really flimsy. I'm trying to find a way to use that's it. That's a real stretch. I, I, okay, okay, I'll give you that, but let's move on. His instincts weren't serving His instincts it. weren't serving yeah. You're right. It is, it is, it's going to kind of derail this, but let's get back on track. But yes, I'll give it to you. I tried. You did. It was a valiant effort. Thank you. So he couldn't figure out. He kept slipping off and he kept missing. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. Even the even the guy, the Attenborough or whoever was narrating, was kind of mocking him. And it's so sad. And this is one of the reasons, another reason why they're in trouble. They don't even know how to do it anymore. They've lost the oh. ability to even figure out. It's They're so stressed, the population, that they it's like, it's bad. So is that because it that white rhino wasn't raised by like wasn't raised in the wild by a parent i i don't know what i'm not going to get into it because i know i'm going to get like completely roasted for not for not understanding like socializing of rhinos but (laughs) something related to the fact that their populations have diminished to almost nothing okay anyway my point is is she and a lot of women nowadays sadly have to think of men of dating age Mm -hmm. as this rhino who can't figure out how to how to yeah put it in yeah they no, have I, to literally say, okay, here you go. You uh-huh. just go here. Yeah. And then you put it right in the middle. And then and you, here's the you target. Go, you go Arrows right, point here. Yeah, yeah. You put it, you, you put it in and then you, you, you pull it out and then you go back in and you, and that's how, how you do it. Oh, good. Good boy. <laughs> and that's sadly how it must be seen. Uh, so positive reinforcement. Yeah. Guidance. So the least you need to do is yeah. flirt overtly yes and look flirty vibe no it's not going to cut it mm-hmm. sometimes I it think will i want to include the caveat that it's that when you know each other your acquaintances already or your friends already yes this yeah, i'm matters. not saying walk into the street yeah. and start being like hey yeah, yeah, what's yeah, up yeah, fellas yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> different know. when you have a history because the history establishes that you're just friends it's yeah. not like you met through mutual friends just tonight that's yep. different. Okay, so I think we've answered this. Yep. In short, anonymous, put some bait on your hook. Yeah. And by bait, I think we mean be a little more obvious. Obvious. Clear the thicket. Roll out the red carpet. Make Guy. it clear for him that he is not taking a risk by asking you out officially. Because I think at this point, based on what you told us, I don't think he knows that he won't be rejected. Mm-hmm personally yeah and i'm of course taking into account that he's 27 and not 47 save the rhinos (laughs) okay so this next one is question number five from episode 125 the question was from s uh the title was i love my fiance but can't stand his constant singing what should i do this one made a huge impression on us, honestly. Like we talked about it for a while afterwards. It sort of touched on the idea that there's this elephant in the room with your partner where you can't be completely transparent and honest. Like you can love everything about them except this one thing. And is it ever really worth it to be that honest? And, you know, this is a very, look, it, this is about singing this question, but this could be applied to many things that people have not a lot of control over. 
So, you know, you've got like bad breath, bad style, bad singing, <laughs> uh, ugly voice, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, annoying, whatever. Sorry. I mean, some people, some people's voice is annoying, right? Yeah, There's not no, much I... they could do about it. If we lived in, a, in an animalistic society, if we were all like aardvarks, we would just be like, your breath stinks. Like, fix that or get away from me. But we mm. can't say that. We can't say certain things about certain stuff. And one of them is if your singing is bad and you really love to sing, you got to be a very special type of like Larry David person to just say, you know, your singing's terrible. Maybe you should yeah. tone that down. Wait, what was our answer? Well, let's not give it away. Let's let's roll the clip. Oh. All right. This next question is from S, as in the letter. Hmm. Dear Shandy, I absolutely love your podcast and so enjoy hearing your takes on the show and on relationships. <laughs> Thank you, S. My question is about a very minor annoyance in my wonderful relationship. Ooh. I'm newly engaged to my fiance. We are 30 and 31 and both grad students in the same field. He's my perfect match. We have a great intellectual connection, shared values, great chemistry, easy humor and fun together, and a loving relationship. I'm so thrilled about our life together. My question relates to my annoyance with his singing voice, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is not good. I haven't told him this, Ooh. but which, okay, Ooh, okay, this sorry. Bad, this is getting bad. <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable. Okay. So she, so her annoyances with his singing voice, which she thinks is not good, but she hasn't told him that, but which he thinks is great. Oh, dear. And his oh dear. frequent loud use of it. Oh. The trouble is that he's grown up in a musical family, received oh. some classical singing training oh as part of his education. Oh, this is like a horror movie. <laughs> Don't go in the house. And singing is a very small part of his profession. He works in a church. His parents and people who hear him singing in church as part of the congregation compliment him on his voice, oh, which I mistake. think adds big to the mistake. trouble. <laughs> Never do it. Never do it. My sister agrees with me that his voice is not great. He often sounds off key. Mm. I am not a singer by any means either, but I'm very self-aware about this fact and try not to inflict my poor voice on others. He loves <laughs> singing at home. Which I certainly don't want to take from him. But when we're with his family, there's sometimes pressure to join in group singing with them where I try not to be too annoyed by his loud voice. Oh, dear. Overall, I feel that it's a relatively minor annoyance in comparison to how much I love him and how great our relationship is. Lately, he's been talking about trying to sign up for increasing singing run. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, this is like, it's like, don't go into the basement. Don't go into the basement. It's a horror movie. This is what I'm saying. Lately, movie. he's been talking about trying to sign up for increasing singing responsibilities for his work. I feel that I cannot be the person to tell him that his voice is bad. It's such a part of his identity at this point, and I feel that it would be a blow coming from me. Should I just trust that someone else will point it out at some point? How should I handle it if he's eventually hurt by someone pointing it out? Any advice here would be helpful. Thanks. Ass. Okay. First of all, my condolences. This is <laughs> awful. Um... <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I have an idea. It's amusing. I, I should it's, it's obviously amusing. Yes. Look, she's got a good relationship. Anytime someone's got a good relationship yeah. and this is the kind of thing that's yeah. the problem, we yeah. can make it's fun like of it. It's like the that. red roses one. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like, you're good. You're good. Okay. So I have an idea for this. Okay. And uh, it's going to sound really, really base. Okay. But this is my idea. Okay. 
You cannot tell him he's got a bad voice. It's too late. You missed that chance. You missed that chance a long time ago. What you can do, though, is pay someone. <laughs> now, someone in that church is probably hard on cash, you know, out of work, maybe. <laughs> It's tough times out there. A lot of people are struggling. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of hundred bucks might do the trick, save you a lifetime of trouble. <laughs> I know this sounds like a joke, but this is what I would do. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. You would wouldn't do, do this. I'd totally do it. Okay. Put yourself in her shoes. You're dating the woman you love. It's your fiance. You want to spend your life with her. And you can't stand her singing voice. You're telling me you it's would pay late. someone to tell her? That's not true. I'm a coward. It's too late. No, I, I, I don't would think either you're a coward. I think that she obviously shouldn't tell him. She can't tell him. But she's not going to make someone else do it. This Absolutely is just, she is. No. I can't tell whether you're joking or not. I'm both. It's both funny, but also serious. Okay. And I, and I honestly think someone will take her up on it. No. Okay. That's... There are just some things in life I personally believe that need to come to a head on their own like without any interference yeah. and unfortunately s i think this might be one of those things i also i, I would like to admit that i am joker <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it would be pretty fun i mean that's like a movie that's a rom-com move it won't work this really reminds me of something we've been talking about lately actually not on the podcast but just between the two of us where i i think that a huge part of singing is just being on key you don't even have to have that nice voice if you mm -hmm. sing on key most people with untrained ears are going to be like, oh, good singing. Yeah. Then after that, as you've said, it, it becomes all affect. Yes. Just, as long as you're on key, you can just throw in as much spice as you want, yeah. anything you want. You, yeah. Your voice could sound terrible. Look at Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's got great pitch, terrible voice. One of the <laughs> most beloved singers of all time. I do think there's something to be said for that. And it kind of sounds like her fiance has all affect and hasn't really. Or maybe it's just all bad. Just affect is bad. Pitch is bad. Everything's bad. <laughs> Who knows? The fact that it's so loud tells me that affect is not really nailed. What, just, I'm going to, I'm going to. Let me, let me just add something to this because okay. I'm starting to feel uncomfortable for her. I feel bad. I feel bad this for is her not, too. This is, this is funny, but it's also not funny because she has to live with this for the rest yeah, of her life. Yeah, and you never want this elephant in the room, no. this thing that you don't feel comfortable discussing with your partner. This is what I would do. Aside from maybe, you know, paying someone off, which I don't know if that'll work. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> I mean, look, everyone's got a price. Let's be honest. So the, anyone in that church will tell him he's terrible at singing for the right price. But, you know, let's not go to that. So... This is what I would do. This is what really I would do. Okay. At certain times when it seems mildly appropriate, you might want to say, hey, could you keep it down? I'm trying to like concentrate on something or I'm trying to focus or it's really just, just like I'm, I'm a little stressed out. Just keep it down a little bit. And if you do that enough, <laughs> he's going to start to take the hint. Uh, part of me doesn't want to take this joy away from him. Yeah, but it's causing her more pain than his joy. No, maybe, maybe it's equal. Either I don't know. Way. He seems to get a lot of joy out of his singing. It's sort of like if I had this talent or this talent that I was really bad at and I was like, look, I've, I've painted another painting. Let's say I painted a, a new painting every week. Oh, I week. would tell you it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would take joy in that. But you're so good at so many things. If you just made terrible paintings, I'd be like, ha, ha, ha. This is terrible. 
Let's say though, it really brought me so much joy. I was like into my painting. I looked forward every week to my painting. Well, then it's it like would, painting day. But then I would have to be getting the joy of making fun of it. Would you take that away from me? This is a deceptively hard one because on the surface, it's like, absolutely not. You cannot tell him. No, you can't tell him his singing's bad. You can only hint to him that you think it's bad without telling him or pay someone. <laughs> it always comes back to me. <laughs> but when you look a little beneath the surface, there is an element of if she's not honest with him, who will be? He. She's his partner in life. No one's going to be honest with him. No. Nobody. It's up to you. No. <laughs> okay. And it's like, I would compare it to this. You know, I, I'm upset that I started with the payoff. That's the easiest way. But it's also <laughs> really, really messed up. But I would compare it to like Shawshank Redemption, where the guy's like, you know, with one spoon a day, taking the, the, the stone out of the wall, mm -hmm. you know, like the sand, dumping it in the yard, coming back. And eventually he makes that that tunnel yeah. through into the sewer and everything. It's yeah. great. Tremendous movie. But that's what you kind of have to do with these situations. You have to literally think of his singing as a wall out of Shawshank prison. <laughs> and you have to every day take a spoonful of that wall and dump it in the yard. And one day... You will find your way to that sewer pipe. Okay. While you gave that magnificent analogy, mm -hmm. I've come up with the answer here. Ah. I think, S, and this is coming from a singer, I think that you should suggest that he take voice lessons again. Because let's. This is what professionals do. I take voice lessons. What you're basically saying is you're so great that you should keep taking voice lessons and then let the voice teacher deal with his pitch issues. That's a great idea. Wow, right? we've really, I think we really fleshed this one out. Yeah. At first I thought this was an easy payoff, <laughs> but now you're right. I think I'm right because yeah, look at it this way. you're absolutely right. You could really fix both issues here. Oh my God, no, I got it. Uh, we solved it. It's done. <laughs> this is great teamwork. Okay. I got it. This uh -huh. is the easiest thing ever. Okay. This is the easiest thing ever. Wait, what did you just? Oh get? my god! This is she wins for Christmas or whatever the next holiday is because God forbid you have to wait till Christmas <laughs> listening to this singing. But for the next big thing where he gets a present, yeah, you buy him a gift certificate, ten voice lessons, yes, and that person is paid to tell him he sucks. No, <laughs> that's their job to, to fix some te it his technical call issues. Call it what you want. They've got to call him out for what's wrong, and you buy in these lessons. You're paying, instead of paying someone in the church, bribing someone to tell him he's terrible, which by the way, I, I, I was kind of joking, but, but it, it could work. Instead of paying that money, buy him a gift, pay a lot of money, an uncomfortable amount of lessons. No, that's a 10, yeah. 10 voice lessons with someone decent is expensive. Yeah, but he, so. if, if you buy, if you buy like two lessons, you may just take him and just forget about it. Get him enough lessons where she, <laughs> she or he has to get to the point where they're like, you are not good at this. Literally all of your advice for us is to throw money at this problem. <laughs> it's, I mean, is that not the best way to deal with things? If you can, if you can afford it, there's nothing better than throwing a little money at something and making it go away. And this is not a lot of money. It's it's probably a few hundred bucks to possibly end this. It's cute that you think 10 voice lessons could cost a few hundred Yeah, but maybe bucks. where who knows where she lives? Maybe they're in a place where voice lessons are cheaper. Yeah. Anyway, I think to 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 really focus in on our answer here, mm. I think 
that you should locate a teacher in your area who is reputable and by oh, and reputable- also vet them. Have a call. See how see how see how nice they are. If they're super nice, like I love singing. It's so wonderful. <laughs> and I love just hearing That's, what I, my I students said no, reputable. You don't want that. I said reputable. You want a teacher who gets results. And so get someone yeah. who is N- at least nasty. employed by mean. your local university. A total jerk. <laughs> Yeah, you talk to them on the phone. They say, yeah, who is this guy? What has he got? How many years has he been singing? Okay, great. Yeah, it's 200 bucks. All right, that let's go. That reminds me actually of when I tried to get you guitar lessons, which by the way, wasn't a hint about your guitar playing. Oh my God. <laughs> Was this? Oh my God. It wasn't. I love your guitar playing. It's because I wanted you to hone your craft. Hone so... my craft. It was terrible and annoying As you. You should totally say that. She should totally say, I, you know, I got you this gift because I want yeah. you to hone your craft. Yeah, because it's so wonderful. I want it to be even more wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. You want more responsibilities at work singing? Oh my hone God. This it. is such a great idea. It's such a great and idea. And also, the great part about this is that she wins twice. Oh, yeah. She looks like a saint mm-hmm. and she gets what she wants. Yeah, because he becomes a decent singer. But I mean, not but not to suggest no, that voice lessons are going to. Yeah, he's everybody. not going to become a great singer, but he might learn that he's not a good singer. Either way, you got to find a teacher's a dick. <laughs> Very important. Okay, I disagree with that. But first, I want to touch on the fact that he sounds off key. I think there is probably an element to his technique because of the amount he's singing and the amount he loves it. I think he probably thinks he's in tune. Usually someone who sings as much as he's singing, if they're singing off key, it's a technical thing and not an ear thing. Usually. Not always. Usually. Because usually you don't hear someone who's singing off tune singing all the time. Well, unfortunately, he may be tone deaf, which is a terrible situation. I'm going to assume that's not the case. I hope it's not. It's Yeah. It's very unlikely that someone completely tone deaf is just singing all the time thinking they sound yeah. great. Oftentimes it's technical and this can be fixed with technique. You've taken some lessons before. Mm. This is what the professionals do. They never stop studying. This and, is true. And by the way, and just to like really, really gel all our our uh, thoughts on this. Yeah. You can tell the teacher ahead of time. No, no. no, no listen, you're paying. That, that's listen, unethical. You're just paying. You're just telling the teacher, listen. No, I, 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 I won't entertain this. I can't this. take it anymore. No, I, I won't entertain he's this. He's so out of tune. It's horrible. I won't entertain this because and, and that's the, unethical. It's not fair to go behind his back like that. Yeah, but the teacher doesn't need to... Look, the teacher's going to know. It's not fair to go behind his back like that. We're having a full conversation. Yeah, we're, <laughs> the whole last 20 minutes have been behind his back. <laughs> the point is, is that a teacher, if given a free pass, like, listen, I don't want you to mince words when it comes to his pitch. Like, I want you to really go at him. No. The teacher's going to know. She's going to... He or she will know that they have license to really be aggressive with that. But otherwise, they might be too nice. You can say, listen, let loose. Just let her rip. <laughs> okay, you're not going to do that, respectfully, Andy. Understood. But S, I think hopefully this conversation has given you something to hold on to. I mean, ideally, you don't have an elephant in the room with your partner, and you can just say what you think. But to me, this, this is sort of intertwined with his pride, his identity, a hobby that he clearly enjoys. Let's hope that this could be salvaged instead of snuffed. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think we've got a great plan for her. <laughs> 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 
Okay, so this next one is question number three, episode 137. This question was from Tina in mm. Switzerland. Yeah, we always get excited when we get a question from an international shandy. And it was, I have zero interest in giving a blowjob, Shandy's thoughts. Mm. And there were two reasons why this one really stood out to me. One was that she admitted she'd never done it, but it, it kind of grossed her out. I love the honesty of that, actually. And the other thing was the idea that, and of course we talk about it in the answer, so I won't rehash anything, but the idea of like compromise, so like meeting in the middle, you know, right. making sacrifices for your partner, reconciling that with the idea of doing something you don't want to do, which gets especially touchy when it's like the bedroom. I firmly stand by my answer. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Okay, let's roll it. All right, this next question is from Tina in Switzerland. Ooh. Ooh. Dear Shandy, you and your podcast are fabulous. I am always excited to watch your episodes and appreciate your insights, male and female perspective and banter between the two of you. Oh, Thank you, Tina. Thank you. There is no smooth way to ask my question, so let me get it out of the way. I am not interested in giving my partner a blowjob. <laughs> I heard from multiple guys that they love it, but I cannot imagine doing that. I have never tried to do it, and I don't find the energy slash interest slash attraction in me to go down on him. My ex-partner went down on me many times, and I thought it was okay. Not great, not bad, just average. I prefer other things and communicated that to him. He wanted to give me slash us more time, so maybe I do it later. <laughs> <laughs> is it okay to just say that I am not giving my next partner any BJ? How can I manage expectations with him? Or do I need to try, although it is not at all appealing to me? I am 30 years old, currently single after ending my last relationship in December 2021, which was my first real adult relationship. We were together for about a year. He was also the first man I had sex with. I'm a late bloomer at 29. So I have to admit that all things sex are rather new territory to me. Greetings from Switzerland, Tina. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of a Sex in the City episode. <laughs> Do tell. Well, in the episode, Charlotte admits that she doesn't like giving head. But she still does. I don't know. With, she does once in a while. Well, she's dating a guy and he's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm not. Like, it seems like they're heading towards marriage and everything. And he's like, I don't know how to say this, but... I don't intend to live the rest of my life without ever getting a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reasonable thing to say. Uh, so I'm torn on this one because I feel like on one hand, she's never tried it. She's never even gone there. You might be surprised, Tina. I'll put it this way. You might be surprised that it, the pleasure it brings your partner might make it a little more interesting and rewarding to you than you expect. Meanwhile, I have another friend who's been married, divorced, like she's well into her 30s. She's, you know, she's had lots of experience dating and in relationships. And she just doesn't, it's not her thing. She doesn't yeah, want to do it. But she's done it. She's done it. Yes. Right. But it's not her thing. She doesn't want to do it. Do I think it really affects her relationships today? No. She's also dating you know, like she's dating people on like a level where they're looking for a forever partner and they're, it's a lot more about that cerebral connection. So but why does it have to be all about looking for a life partner or getting blowjobs? All I'm saying is that I think that if you, if the kind of men you're dating are really looking for a partnership, 
and are less sex focused, it's possible that some of them are kind of okay with it. I don't know. Uh, oh no. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to walk delicately on this one. Okay. I, I look forward to seeing how you tread yeah. on this one. I've lived many a year yes. on this earth. Yes. And I have met one person. Man? One, one man. Uh-huh. Who does not like blowjobs. And by really? not like them, he doesn't need them. Oh, so it's not that he doesn't like them. No. He just doesn't. I've never them. met someone who's like, I really do not want a woman's mouth on my penis. <laughs> Ever. I've met many people. Okay. Okay. That's honest. Yeah. And I will say this. Do, do I want to give blowjobs? No, I don't. I don't have an interest in it. Can I empathize with someone who would not want to put, you know, the thing the man pees yeah, but you're out of interested in their mouth? In, but you're actually very into... Yeah, I'm into oral. Oral. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're you're talking like I'm not... I'm it's trying like to me get, being like I'm, I'm straight and I'm not interested in going down on a girl. It's different. I, I'm trying to be as delicate as possible with this. I'm trying to okay. really be open-minded. Okay. Here. I'm just saying that I can empathize with a human who would not want to have an erect penis in their mouth for an extended <laughs> amount of time going, you know, in and out and uh, up and down and up and down and left and right <laughs> and, and clockwise. <laughs> anyway, I understand. Okay. Sort of. Okay. I also understand that in relationships, there is a lot of compromise and there needs to be a certain degree of giving uh -huh. attitude towards your partner for certain things that you really don't necessarily want to give. Mm. May thou who is in a relationship who has not given something they do not want to give, please stand up. Yeah, no, that's true. You're making a good point. So look, I understand you don't want to do it. That's fine. I'm not going to judge. I mean, I understand. The Aesthetically fact that she's speaking. never tried it is the, what I'm kind of hung yeah, up on. Uh, there's, I have, I'm just getting started on this, by the way. I have a lot of issues. Oh, okay, okay. But... Number one, I get, I empathize and I'm probably, I'm trying to be diplomatic here. Yeah. Because I don't totally empathize between <laughs> you and me, but not, no, they don't hear that, right? Okay. They're not going to hear me say that. So I empathize. I also think that if the guy really wants it, you kind of, you might want to give it a shot. You never tried it. You might like it. It's you, true. As far as anything like judging a book by its cover, on paper, sounds like a bad call. <laughs> I get it. I get that. I get that. But you never know until you try it. I will say this. I'm not even 100% sure I like going down on a woman. I just think that it's possible that I really, really like giving that much. Mm. I like the act. I feel like this is such a direct form of giving. I, I don't have to go anywhere. I, I'm not even, I don't have to like travel or, or think about something to buy or yeah. Or think of logistics. I'm just like, I'm going right to the, the center of the motherboard. Yeah. And I and think just turning it on. The fact that she's not really into receiving head, we're not really talking about that, but I think that there could she, be she, a deeper something there. I'm not saying it's like, it's really not for everyone. I want to get that out of the way. It's yeah. not. It's not I, for everyone. I think I what? Be, could be. No, them. I know plenty of women who are kind of like, oh, well, I think once not... you get used to it. It's right. Yeah, well, it's it just might not be as a fun. No, you're right. Like, you're you right. just might prefer sex, whatever. No, I, I get it. I get it. But you're right. I just feel that there's, you know, as she said, she had sex for the first time at 29 or had her first relationship at 29. She's 30 now. Yeah. She hasn't really given this a lot of 
time. I agree. A lot of exploration. She really, you can make a case that she's like 16. And at 16, I totally get not wanting to give head. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw a penis, like it was really quite shocking. And I was like, ah, I think it was still a while before I ever went to BJ territory. You're saying seeing a penis in the, in the flesh. Yeah. It was the first time I ever saw one. And it's not like I immediately was like, okay, putting that in my mouth. I totally agree. Yeah. Like you're like scared. It's like a monster. (laughs) (laughs) I told you the first time I saw a vagina, I was like, I'm not going in there. (laughs) I remember the first time I ever saw it, the first thought I had, it was nowhere close to being like, I'm putting that in my mouth. The first thought I had was, it looks just like the drawings. (laughs) (laughs) The stories were true. It's true. All, you know, you see it on lockers in high school. I remember seeing it and being like, oh my God, it's identical. It's a simple creature. Her penis is not complicated. Vagina, on the other hand. Yes, true. Has a lot of elements to it. True. Anyway, my point is she hasn't given this a lot of, wiggle room before Uh, deciding that (laughs) before deciding that it's not for her and also i will also add tina that there have been some guys that i really didn't want to do that because i just didn't like the situation i don't know it was like our pheromones were off like the smell was off maybe it was a hygiene thing or just something about him it like i didn't want it you know meanwhile someone else that wasn't an issue and part of that is sussing Uh, out another great point another great point maybe she hasn't run across the correct penis yet it's true it's possible we're also not talking about the fact that you know maybe she's just not that sexual a person we live in a world where you're told how you should be you should be really sexual you should want sex you should love sex i agree i i I agree and we're also not touching on the fact that we've been assuming she's totally straight and Wait, and, and one of the you know one of the things someone who's very straight and likes men wants to do sometimes is to take uh, the man i don't and, know i know plenty of straight women who are still like bj is not their favorite thing in the world <laughs> yeah. okay. i feel like we're giving the least concise answer ever to this question (laughs) i think that it's a male fantasy a straight man's fantasy that a straight woman will automatically want like love giving head and that's just not the truth just as it's you know it's a fantasy to think that every man wants to go down on a woman even if he's really straight that's simply not true so my point is i don't really think sexuality is an issue here, but I think that it's possible she's just not that sexual. You know what I think? Maybe she is sexual. She's maybe just a very unoral person. Oral is not part of her sexuality. Mm. She's purely genital. That's it. It's just in and out and done. Nothing oral. She doesn't like getting oral. She doesn't like giving oral. Oral is not part of her sexual vocabulary. She wouldn't be the first. Many people are like this. That being said, I still say... That if she meets a guy she really likes in every way mm-hmm. and it's a good relationship, she she really should consider just giving it a shot if the guy wants it. If the guy's like, oh, believe me, the last thing I want is a blowjob. You know, obviously they're getting married and having kids tomorrow. But if he's a regular, normal guy in the bell curve of guys that I've met, at least. Yeah. If you really, 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 really like the guy, it might be a lot better than you think. I don't know if we really have an answer for her other than to say, if uh, don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. It could be, you know, you only have had one sexual partner. There's a lot to be explored out there. You should not assume that they're all built 
the same yeah, way, yeah. that they all look the same, they all yeah. smell the same, yep. nor that they all taste the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. This is all true. Yes. So keep yeah. your mind open. That's the most important thing here. If you've tried it and you decide, I hate that. Yeah. Absolutely. You do you. And I know women absolutely, who yeah. don't like to do it. You got to try it though. Yeah. It's not like we're asking her to try meth. <laughs> <laughs> right? In closing. I but, always- but not, but with the right guy, what I, what, what, what we don't want to happen is for just be like, okay, I'm going to listen to Dear Shandy and this random guy that I'm not that oh, yeah, into, no, no, I'm going to no. go do that. No, 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 no. you can't do that because then it's going to scar you. Yeah. It should be Needs someone to- you care about yes. and you want to make really happy yes. and whose material you're working with you're actually into. It kind of sounds like she wasn't that into her, the last guy. If you're really, really into the guy, you're going to be into all his things. You're going to like his silly, you know, you're going to like a mole that he has, yeah, yeah. his weird it's looking feet. so true. You're going to like all the stuff. It's so true. The way I, I love your belly button. <laughs> Is my belly button that weird? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not weird. It's just so cute and it has all this hair around it. I just am obsessed with it. I, I love Andy's belly button. That's cute. Yeah. I've never thought, good, I've never, it's good. I'm not insecure about my belly button. I've never thought about it, actually. No, it's just cute. It's somewhere between an innie and an outie. That's what I find so cute about it. Oh. Yeah, you've taught me things about my belly button I didn't even know. <laughs> I've really never looked at it that much. I spend a lot of time just sort of fawning over Randy's <laughs> belly button. The point being that if you really, really love someone, yeah. you start to find their nose hairs cute. Yeah. Also, I have to do that thing I always do where we reverse the genders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you sound excited about this. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend that Tina's the man in this relationship and he's like, okay with receiving BJ's, I guess, kind of doesn't seem that one way or the other, but refuses to go down on the woman. Mm. Oh, he would get hell. He would get hell. Yeah. The shanties would come after him. Pitchforks. Find a guy who hates blowjobs or give it a shot. May the force be with you. All right. The next one is question number four from episode 154. This was from an embarrassed Shandy. The title Mm. was, my boyfriend saw my fetish in my search history and now I want to hide forever. Help. (laughs) Andy, you're still upset about this one. Yeah. It's like like the the, the celery of fetishes. It's like nothing. It's like she should be... (laughs) The opposite of embarrassed. You should be proud of it. Oh, in yeah. retrospect, I feel like, I don't know, like, could we have gotten into more like psychoanalysis about no, no, why could we have dug a little deeper? Like, yes, you know, this is the kind of thing that potentially years of therapy would unpack. So in terms of like having a podcast and doing a Q&A, I stand by our answer, but there's always more to unpack. It's easier said than done to give the advice we gave. So that's the only thing that I'm a little hung up on, but you know, I I, I do stand by your answer. I feel it was fully unpacked. There's nothing left. (laughs) Nothing. Okay. Let's, let's roll this one. This next question is from an embarrassed Shandy. Ooh. Dear Shandy, I am literally sick with anxiety right now and I'm hoping you can help me. I have Mm. always had a weird fetish around the idea of BDSM specifically being gagged. This is something that I feel extremely embarrassed about as it is quite often the departure from how I would say I present myself to the world. But isn't that the whole point with fetishes? That's the whole point. What do you think? Like people with fetishes, they're constantly going around like, I want a gag in my mouth. (laughs) Anyone got a gag on this bus? How long do I have to wait to be gagged? Yeah. Uh, we have to come up with a name for an embarrassed Shandy. A-E-S? A-A-A-S? 
just so that I'm not saying an embarrassed Shandy, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, just embarrassed. Embarrassed. Shimbarrassed? <laughs> no, just, just embarrassed. Okay. Uh, I guess all we're saying before we continue the question, yeah. embarrassed, is that you're normal. That's the normal thing to yeah. do. You also, think these CEOs who go to dungeons and, and are yeah. dressed up in diapers and yeah. beaten and told that they, they, you know, they ought to do their homework. Yeah. You think that that's how they act? No, they do that because they want to do the exact opposite yes. of what their whole life is. Yes. They want to yes. let go of the power. They want to just be like a baby. Yes. And also I will add, embarrassed, that I think gagging is a pretty it's the standard. Le- it's the least <laughs> embarrassing fetish of them all. Yeah, I really- cannot think of a less embarrassing fetish. Yeah. Let's name fetishes and I guarantee every single one is more embarrassing. I'm not even going to think about it. Foot fetish, more embarrassing. Oh, dressing up like animals, yeah. more embarrassing. Um, uh, uh, you go, I feel uh, like this Wanting show, to be peed on or p- wanting to pee on other people. Up to 100%. Anything with or, feces or, or urine. feces, yeah, yeah. Um, um, dressing up like, like a baby. Did we talk about that already? Yeah, you said that in oh, your example got, about CEOs. Apparently that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, I revealed something. Yeah, and these, um, by the way, are they all exist. Yeah. The ones we're talking about exist. And getting like your ball stepped on by high heels. Yeah, in general, je- I... Sorry. <laughs> so specific. For a f- I was focused on the stepping part, and then when you said the high heels, I was like, ooh. What, are you going to get your ball stepped on by a regular shoe? The whole point is it a hot... I, I thought oh, that sorry. a foot. <laughs> it's not my thing. I, I swear, it's not my thing. I just know. People have told me. Okay, our point is, is that gagging is not that... Like, it's... Like, for, all I'm saying is brava... Good for you for having you, you, a, a fetish, you, and I, it's not that crazy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it a step further. I think you should be embarrassed that you're embarrassed about your gagging <laughs> fetish. Okay, let's finish the story. I genuinely would never act on this fantasy, if you will, but I do sometimes look at porn that features gags when I'm having alone time. If you know what I mean. Did she give her age? Okay, later she says that they're both 27. Because I I can't help but wonder if by the time she's 37, if she will have acted on this fantasy. (laughs) Anyway, today my boyfriend of a year and a half wanted to show me a video and he used my phone to do so. I forgot to clear my search history after having some (laughs) alone time and he saw that gagged was in my search history. That's amazing. If I saw that in your search history, I would would have a second wedding. (laughs) We would renew our vows. I wanted to jump out of a building, but he just kept typing in whatever he wanted to show me and acted like he didn't see it. Well, now I am literally sick with embarrassment and I am not sure what to do. Do I bring up the fact that he obviously saw my search history and confront this very weird fetish I've kept in the dark for many years or just continue to act like it never happened? I'm terrified he's going to Google this on his own now and see the kind of fucked up porn I watch and think differently of me. For background, my boyfriend and I are both 27 and recently moved in together after being long distance for a year. I am very happy with our sex life and our life in general. However, sex feels more pertinent here, lol. And have found him to be the first partner that I can fully enjoy sex with after years of painful or uncomfortable sex. I like to think of myself as a fairly sex positive person, but not surrounding this topic. Please help me relieve myself of the crippling anxiety I'm currently feeling. Sincerely, an embarrassed Shandy. Okay. I think she's doing this to herself. I think he just doesn't want to embarrass you by mentioning it. I got to be honest. The person who should be embarrassed here is her boyfriend that he hasn't gagged her yet after seeing that search history. (laughs) I mean, baby steps. She said that she would never act on it, which she just feels a lot of shame around her fetish, clearly. 
Get that gag on. And yeah, well, they'll, they can work up to that. Just I think. say, look, they just you saw in. my search history. <laughs> they just Why in. haven't you gagged me yet? <laughs> they just moved in after being long distance for a year. And if they if this works out, they have a lifetime together to explore th- these things. I just think, embarrassed, you are taking on way too much shame over something that is really not that uncommon. Sure, you would rather be able to like dip your toe deeper and deeper into this as you have sex with your okay, partner so and explore this more. But do you even think this needs to be you know, you addressed? Know what, you know what gagging is? Is like you're in prison and there's guys there for like murder and rape and like, you know, <laughs> bank robbery. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's saying like, what are you in for? What are you in for? And then you ask someone you're like, what are you in for? And, you know, it's like jaywalking. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, well, I know whose lunch I'm taking. <laughs> I mean, that's a nice word for what's going to happen to that guy. But <laughs> my point is gagging is the jaywalking of the prison conversation. Yes, yes. That was an excellent analogy. Thank you. I think I went too far with jaywalking. I could have gone a little more serious crime, but eh, we'll, we'll No, we, we get it. Yeah, I actually I think went, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that embarrassed should even mention it to him? If it would relieve your embarrassment only. I think, in my opinion, this is what I would do if I was her. And I'm clearly not her because I wouldn't be embarrassed about having a gagging fetish. Yeah. But there might have been a time where you would have been like if I think back to my early 20s, when you're sort of still feeling shame around sex and you 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 everything just feels like vanilla is correct. I can see it would be mortifying. This is adorable. Yeah. I love this. This is a lovely story. Yes. It's a fairy tale of fetish. I'm interested to know if he even really noticed. Do you think he noticed that? <laughs> I do. And so if you put yourself in the guy's shoes, you're 27 years old. Do you think that he feels any kind of I don't know, perturbance? Is that a word? Perturbance? Is he perturbed? That would be upsetting if he was perturbed. It would be. That would be an issue. Yeah, we're not even talking about that. It's one thing for him to say like I'm not into it i'm just not going to do it because it doesn't feel right yeah yeah it's totally fine yeah if your partner wants you to gag them you don't have to do it yeah yeah it's not a you know it's not obligatory yeah it's your choice so you think she should bring it up i think she should bring it up okay and bring it up in a funny way (laughs) we're like so you know huh gagging i feel like maybe this could be delved into in a subtle gradual way where that's like do you you know what are your fantasies you have a conversation you've both had a few drinks and maybe you're like cuddling yeah you're what, right. what's the what's the you're right what's the weirdest fantasy you have and then you can kind of that's a better work approach. it in <laughs> yeah I, don't, I, don't, I, I was wrong <laughs> i don't know what i was thinking I don't know why this has to be funny. Yeah, it, doesn't. it doesn't have to be funny. No. This actually is a serious thing because let's face it, when you have a strong fetish, it's like you love pizza, but for some reason you live in a place where there's no pizza ever. It's like a real Why yearning. would you live in that place? That place is called hell. <laughs> My point is it's a yearning that's never being satisfied. It's a real yearning. Yeah. She thinks she like, she's like, you know what? I wouldn't mind being gagged. No, it's like, I really, she's in her alone time. Yeah. When she's reading her books mm-hmm. and, you know, watching Netflix, whatever she does in her alone time. I'm yeah. assuming that's what's happening. Yeah. She's thinking about getting gagged. Yeah. It's funny because I think that some fetishes or some things that you watch in your alone time are truly not things you would ever do. You feel gross for being turned on by it. But I think that with gagging, this is totally doable. 
this is, I mean, they're, they're in a happy, loving relationship. There's just, it only takes two to tango. I don't, I mean, you could almost accidentally get someone. <laughs> it's a low bar for fetish. Okay. So our point is embarrassed. Please do not be embarrassed about no, this. No, that's the key here. Yes. I don't even care if she just brings it up with yeah, her boyfriend. Yeah, I agree. Completely The embarrassment agree. is an issue. I'm very upset with you. Don't be embarrassed. <laughs> yes. Ridiculous. Yep. If you want to take our advice, maybe you, during some pillow talk, you can be like, ooh, what do you fantasize about? Is there anything? I, oh my God. Oh my God. There's a Sex in the City episode about this. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Of course. When Carrie's dating the politician and his fantasy is to be peed on. Oh, yeah. And which, by the way, also common. Super common. And also less, I mean, more no, embarrassing. More, more, sorry, sorry, more embarrassing. But, but than let's the not gag. judge fetishes. No, we're, we're not. No, we're not, I'm not saying embarrassed. It's not that. It's just to, that, soci- to normal, to, to like basic society. Yes. Getting peed on is probably more embarrassing than getting gagged. When, like, a real, the most basic of basic people think about fetish. They're like, oh, yeah, you like a gag yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah, tying yeah, me tying, to the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like 101 level. Yes. Peeing, they're like, what? This is yeah, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, you could totally totally meet someone that is into BDSM who would be like, yeah. what? Peeing? Yeah. Well, I don't think you're going to meet someone who's into peeing who's like, what? Tie someone up. Yeah. <laughs> you animal. <laughs> you monster. But I will say the peeing one is not as uncommon as people think. There's just, oh, I guess we're perpetuating the shame around it, which we shouldn't be. No. Because if you want to pee or be peed on in bed, then go for it. But my point Absolutely. being, there's a Sex and the City episode about this where they're like, you know, in bed talking. And he's like, you know, oh, God, sex with you is so amazing. Like, I want I want you to be so satisfied. Is there anything that you wish that I would do? Am I satisfying you? Is there anything you wish I would do more? And she's like, no, you're amazing. You're perfect. And then he's like, oh, okay." And then there's a silence. And then she's like, is there anything you wish I would do? And he's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Well, there is this one thing. It's actually I actually don't think that that's a bad way to have that conversation. No, it's the right way. Yeah. I mean, maybe in a little less of like a fishing kind of way, but it, it to me, this is a pillow talk conversation. Yeah. Number one, we think you should have the conversation. Yes. If you choose not to have the conversation. Also respect that. Or if you choose to have the conversation, either way, you should not be embarrassed. Most importantly. That's the, the prime focus here. Totally agree. We've answered that. No. Good luck, embarrassed, but yeah. we hope you change your name. And I hope you get gagged. <laughs> Okay, this next one is question number three from episode 170. And I would go so far as to say that this was my absolute single favorite question of the entire year from a Q&A. Wow, wow. And this was, my brother-in-law used our baby name for his dog. Should I just get over it? I would say not only was it my favorite, but it was also by far our biggest disagreement of the year, Andy. Yeah, there was a, a lot of heated discussions about this yes, question. But People were not very only, upset. Yeah, not only between us when we recorded, but also from the Shandies when they chimed in. And the responses were all over the place. And... You know, people really sided with one of us or the other. I would say that most sided with me, but some people really sided with you as well. It, it really... Something about this one really elicited a lot of emotion And I mean, I guess I can see why, but people were like, the people who disagreed with you were like angry at you. They're very angry at me. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, I, I I like Andy less now. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Isn't that great? So nice to know. So hardcore. Being fair. Um, So (laughs) I actually am even more firm in what I had said. 
Oh, I was wondering if you changed your no, mind about this. No, I didn't one. change my tune at all. As a matter of fact, I am I am I have set up a full camp. It's like a, a base camp <laughs> in my answer, and I'm not budging. And people can hate me more, but I I know I'm right. I know I I'm think- right. And I usually when the shanties come against me, like in force, I sometimes I reconsider. I'm like, you know what? Maybe maybe the shanties have a point here. This is one of those examples where I just I'm not budging. I'm right. This is a situation where. The focus of anger is in the wrong place. They'll see when uh, they listen, but I, I, I think, I'm standing by. I think you were also a bit emboldened by the 30% or so of Shandys who really, really agreed with you, like yeah. vehemently. And so, you know, that gave you a little wind beneath your wings. Yeah. But I, what I found really interesting about this one was the responses from the Shandys that, you know, I won't give too much away, but some people were like, oh, she should do this, she should do that. But one in particular really stood out to me. More than one person thought that maybe there was some correlation between the fact that you have a very common name and I don't have a common name. And maybe if that, ah. uh, maybe that played in some, like into our yes. answers in some I, way. I, I give a lot of weight to that. And I also, in relation to that, I have great remorse that we never found out what the name was because that oh, yeah. would have impacted our answer. So, oh you no, know. no, I, I I like the mystery of not knowing what it is. I mean, if the dog's name was like Jane Doe, I think that would have <laughs> you know made a difference. John Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, I I want to quickly touch on why this one is like my dream Q and A question because. First of all, I love that it's not a romantic question. Mm-hmm. Like, look, the most of the questions we get are romantic questions. We love answering romantic questions. But I think there's actually a lot to unpack in these, like, more interpersonal, especially, like, there's in-laws involved. In some ways, it's a lot more delicate than when you're dealing with someone that you're shacked up with and get in fights yeah. with and stuff like that. Yeah. And on top of that, we really like circumstantial questions. And this is a true circumstance. This one thing happened this is how I feel about it. What should I do? It doesn't get more specific and circumstantial than this question, in my opinion. I also love questions that are like Trojan horses for the actual relationship. Like it's not a relationship question, but it's actually more of a relationship question than an actual relationship question. Yeah. Anyway, I loved this one. Hands down favorite question of the year. Here we go. All right. This next question is from H as in the letter. Dear Shandy, I've been a listener since episode one. Thank you for all your hilarious and thoughtful insights. Thank you, H. Episode one. OG Shandy. I would so appreciate your perspective on an issue with my in-laws that, while relatively minor, has filled me with an inordinate amount of rage. The issue being that my 18-year-old brother-in-law used the name I wanted to use for a future baby for his new puppy. (gasps) My husband and I, both 30, have been married for two years, together for 10 years. And to be clear, we don't have any children and I'm not pregnant. So on one hand, I'm fully aware how silly this issue is. We've talked about kids, of course. We both want one child and we're hoping to have a baby around next year-ish. So a kid is in the near future, but it's not a reality at this point. I'm just one of those people who likes to think about baby names. A few years ago, when my husband and I had one of our first serious conversations about kids, he mentioned this name and I fell in love with it. For the past few years, when I've thought about our future kid, I've thought about this specific name. 
A few weeks ago, the topic of baby names came up with my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and brother-in-law. Relevant note, we live about 15 minutes away from them and see them weekly. I mentioned a few names I liked, including the name, and I told them that the name was our favorite slash my husband's pick. A few weeks later, my brother-in-law happened to get a puppy, and when I asked him what its name was over text, he responded, you're going to hate me for the name dot 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 with a laughing emoji, and then told me that it was, of course, the name. <laughs> Do you want to say something or should I get to the end? I'm a little speechless. Me too. Okay, I'll, I'll get to the end. I recognize that my brother-in-law is 18 and thus a dumbass. I didn't respond to his text and I didn't see them for two weeks after that. My in-laws as a whole are very non-confrontational, as am I. So the next time I saw them, no one mentioned it. And we just have not talked about it. When my husband initially found out about the name, he was irritated but not as rage-filled as me. I cried. He told me that he understands my feelings and supports me, but he doesn't want to talk to his family about it because he doesn't think they'll see what the big deal is. I think that if I tried to talk to them about it, they would get defensive and put the blame on me for overreacting about a dog's name. The best solution is probably just to move on and move forward, but it just makes me so mad. My question is actually less about what I should do about the in-law situation, though I would still very much welcome any insights on this front, and more about my husband. It's only been a few weeks since the naming fiasco, but I feel unreasonably resentful towards him for not standing up for me to his family. I agree with his read on the situation. I don't think his family would respond well to any sort of conversation, and I did feel like he was being understanding and supportive of me in our conversations about it. I also think that, in his mind, the conversation conversation is done, whereas I'm definitely still holding on to anger. Even though I see his side of things, I still feel like he swept this under the rug and didn't stand up for me because he didn't want to have to deal with his family. How do I stop feeling resentful towards him for taking what was probably a mature sound approach? And how do I let go of my anger toward my in-laws over something that is, in the grand scheme of things, not that big a deal? Your advice is greatly appreciated. Sincerely, H. P.S. Send new baby names. Shandy, perhaps? <laughs> Gertrude. <laughs> okay. Speaking of names that come back. Right? Yeah, it's Wait, coming. no, I don't know. Do you think Gertrude will ever oh, come absolutely. back? Oh, absolutely. Ruth came back. Oh. Ruth was, when I was like in like high school, college, Ruth was like ridiculous. No one would be named Ruth. Yeah. Now it's like a hot girl's name. <laughs> they all come back. So I, I mean, I feel like Gertrude, if one cannot come back, Gertrude is one of them. Gertrude. It's coming. Trust me, there's going to be a supermodel in 10 years named Gertrude. <laughs> Watch. Okay. okay, so I have a proverbial piece of advice for her. Okay. Take this, dig a hole in the backyard, bury it, and pat it down nice. Wait, okay, so get over it is what you're saying. Is what you're saying get over it? It's a bone analogy for a dog. Yeah, but what are you saying? I don't understand. I'm saying it's got to be put away. Really? Oh, I have such a different take than you on this. That's okay. I like having a different take than you. Well, I that's that's my conclusion. Yeah. I, I will say this. The brother-in-law... Sucks. He sucks. He sucks so but, bad. And she's right. He's 18 and thus a dumbass. But holy shit, that is such a shitty thing to do. Uh, I, was, I have a lot of expletives coming out of my mouth right now. I was torn between thinking this guy's the biggest asshole in the world 
and also possibly a comic genius. And I and I settled on Biggest Asshole for, for how a second, could that be a comic? For genius? a second, I thought he's just he respects comedy so much that he's willing to sacrifice so much pain. To, for what? How for is it joke. even funny? It's, it's not, not funny. But that's the thing. I say, is it funny? It's funny to maybe an eighteen-year-old boy. You know when it's funny? And, it's know, funny in a movie. It's fun. If it was a movie, if it was like a. a, a a Ben Stiller movie. Yes. It would totally, be funny. Yes. Yeah. Like a meet the Fockers kind of, you know, yeah. ongoing joke. Totally. That's where this would yeah. live. It's not funny in real life. Mm-hmm. And once I came to terms with the fact that it wasn't a funny joke, yeah. listen, at first I was like, wow, I have mad respect. This is like, he's sacrificing so much for the joke. He, his commitment to comedy is tremendous, <laughs> but it's not that he's just an asshole. Yeah. Well, I don't understand how you thought it was funny. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's such a bold move. It's it is, so crazy. It's unbelievable. And then how he just sort of tells her with a laughing emoji, like you're going to hate this. So he knows it's not going to land well. He's aware that he he is basically acknowledging that he got the idea of the name from her. This, by the way, not to bring it back to a Sex in the City episode. Oh, dear. <laughs> but there is a Sex in the City episode about this. Do you know? The one no. where Charlotte has a baby name and she's always had it. She's had it for like 10 years in her, the back of her mind. And she told like an old friend about it back in the day. And then they go visit this friend who lives now upstate or she, she lives in the suburbs somewhere. And they go visit her for a baby shower. And they're like, oh, what are you going to name your baby? And she reveals that it's the same name. So she stole Charlotte's baby name. Oh, right, I remember this. And I just think it's a, such a shitty thing to do. And I think one of the reasons why I'm reacting so big to this is because I have thought about baby names before and I know that for me to really come to love a name enough to name my child that it would be really hard to find that. And therefore it's just such a slap in the face, not only to steal it, but to steal it for a puppy. It's a puppy. The puppy can be renamed. Oh, I don't know. I think it might be too late to rename the puppy. You could give it a name that sounds similar. The puppy's not getting renamed. Why not? That's not on the table. No, that's just ridiculous. The puppy is young enough. It could, the name could be, just give it a name that rhymes with it. My dog growing up was named Avery. And let me tell you, whenever we would go like, Avery, she'd be like, but if we said something that sounded like Avery, she'd be like, if we said it the same way, you can rename the puppy. I don't think it's come to that. If he, if her husband named a puppy he got, the name. Yeah. This is a different conversation. So you think it's, it's not a big brother deal? brother-in-law. So you think it's not a big deal if they name their eventual child the same name as the puppy? No. This is a joke. This actually, in the end, might be more value than it cost. It <laughs> might end up that the 18-year-old might be a genius. This might be the funniest thing they have running in Wait, their so life. Wait, so what you're saying is it's funny if they end up having a kid and they do name the kid the yeah, same Yeah, it's a name. story that they could tell over and over and over again. Every time they meet new friends, they're like, oh, well, actually... And everyone's like, ha, 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 Yeah, but then it seems like they named their kid after a dog. No, the dog was named... No, that's why they tell the story. You tell the story and they're always like, oh, I get it. Oh, this is a funny story. I've been entertained for 20 minutes. And up until this point, I really didn't enjoy your company. That's what the good story is for. I feel like we're already coming at this from like men's and and women's perspectives. Because like you're seeing it as this funny story, but I'm like, 
no matter what, the dog was named that first. It just doesn't, you know, it has to be accompanied by the story to be funny. You got to think about the distance. Like, this is her brother-in-law. It's not her Who's, husband. Who lives 15 minutes okay. away. It's but not, there's, there's not probably a close friend. There could be a close friend that accidentally named his dog the same name. And then, <laughs> you know, he lives 15 minutes away and they see that. This is not the end of the world. Oh. They don't have to deal with this every day. Mm. It's going to be a funny story that, as I said, they can retell at dinner parties and wherever mm. it'll be funny and the brother's an idiot he's an 18 year old schmuck what are you gonna do what's what is this gonna break their marriage up no because this stupid no, kid well, okay. made his dog well the same so name? okay so on that note her question was less about you know she i feel like was convinced that it's not a big deal and i don't want to make it sound like she's that they're wrong like okay you're right in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal all i'm saying h is that I would also be extremely upset about this. I think it's clear from my reaction. This is a thing you would be upset about. And we would get into a fight about this, because I wouldn't be that upset about it. Oh, my God. If someone did this to me, like, I wouldn't, like, it would be a fight. I would would be be shocked. I would be shocked and dismayed, but I would get over it pretty quickly, because I knew that at the very worst, it would be kind of a funny thing down Mm. the road. Well, I think that I'm generally not that confrontational, but something like this, I would, I would like, well, then the sleeves would be getting rolled up for this. This is a classic situation. I disagree. I would want to bury this. Like I said, up top, I said, bury it like the dog buries a bone in the backyard. Just, (sighs) just let it go. This is not big enough to cause waves in a relationship. I don't think the husband has any more duty to this than to have oh, okay. said to the brother-in-law, like, you know, that's not really cool. And, you know, what what the hell? And that's it. He doesn't have to keep addressing it with the brother. This is not an ongoing thing. It happened. It's stupid. The brother may have some issues to work through. That's a separate story. Let it go. I'm firm on this. Ooh. It's funny and it's stupid and he's a dick. But this needs to be buried. Yeah, but it's forcing you to be the bigger person. No, you're not that big. How is it that big? Yes, it's Are you so, so much. Big? He's been so small, and then it's forcing you by not even confronting him about it to be so much bigger. Look, I get you the can, argument that you shouldn't get down in the mud. Like, I get that. It's just, I don't know. I would react exactly the way H reacted, and even to the point where she's like, I'm. She's pissed at her husband for not even mentioning it. You know, and he he downplayed it. He was like, it's not a big deal. And she's like, okay, it's not a big deal, but I'm still miffed. Like, I have to admit, if I'm I'm trying to apply it, you don't have an 18-year-old brother. You don't have a brother. I'm trying to apply it to the same I, I have, set of I circumstances. Have, I've done that in my head. Yeah. I, I If you didn't approach them in like an, a fairly confrontational way, I would be very angry at you. I would, because it's on you. I feel like he is the spokesperson for their relationship to her in-laws, to his family. And she can't do it alone. And he's downplaying. I, I guess I, the problem is I'm trying to argue with you on like how small or big a deal it is. But you don't think it's a big deal. And neither does he. So I'm like no. wasting my breath, I guess. I think it's a deal. I don't I'm not dismissing this. Like yeah. it's nothing. I was speechless when he when you told me that yeah. when you said the question. Yeah. I was just like, what? Yeah. Who does that? Who does that? The kid is an asshole. It's so mean. That's like to me, that's mean. It's deeply He's mean. He's a dick. It's he is such a dick. a dick move to do that. My concern is that that's a precursor to some bigger, more dangerous things he's gonna do in his life. This guy might be a total <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> 
Yeah, if at 18 he's doing that, what's yeah, he doing behind closed doors that people don't know about? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is you, this is where you see those news stories where the guy, you know, he kills like 15 people. And they're like, <laughs> you know, what was what was he like? He's like, oh, always very quiet. Named his dog after the name that his uh, sister-in-law was going to name her firstborn son. But always quiet, <laughs> respectful young boy. Okay. Very okay. surprised. Okay. So what what were you getting at? My point is, is that this is a dick move. The kid has issues mm-hmm. or he's a genius comedian. I can't tell. I don't think he's smart. I, I think he's a dick. And I think that this is something that is best used as fodder for funny stories in the future. It should not cause friction in their marriage. The problem is you're dealing with a lot of of issues here. One is this is not that big a deal. I refuse to say this is a huge deal. It's one kid making a stupid move. You don't have to deal with it on a daily basis. It's just going to be this kind of thing that becomes a funny story over time. I don't think it's that heavy. But what it could do is cause a rift with her and her husband. Mm-hmm. And it could cause a rift with her and her in-laws. It could call, it could spiral into a, something that breaks up this whole family relationship. That's absurd. It can't get to that point. So she has to swallow it and let it go. Her husband put in a little effort. He, he clearly showed that he was dismayed. That's enough. It's over. He could bring it up again and be like, dude, he you're never a brought dick. It, he didn't bring it up at all. He didn't bring it up with the, with the brother-in-law at all? <laughs> So yeah, no one mentioned it. When my husband initially found out about it, he was irritated, but he wasn't as upset as her. He told me he understands my feelings and supports me, but he doesn't want to talk to his family about it because he doesn't think they'll see what a big deal it is. So yeah, it was never mentioned. I think maybe there's some communication issues in this family. Okay, so touching on that, I think what gets me is how when people are non-confrontational, that gets them out of confrontation. Like, this is something that I think should be confronted. This is, she. they want to have a baby one day. They've been together for 10 years. This is something they've discussed. It was one of the first conversations. And he said the name. She was like, that's the name. Like, there's something really special about that. And they're going to have their kid. It's a, It's their child. It's not something like, oh, I... I wanted to wear that wedding dress and someone wore that wedding dress on their day. You know, it's like, that's something more superficial. This is their child, the, the, what they will name their child. Yeah, but I don't know, it, I'm really bothered by think this. Think about it from the child's perspective. I gotta be honest, if I was like a two or three year old and I met a family dog that had my name, I'd be pretty psyched. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's your takeaway. Look. I guess what gets me is that he, he's not confrontational. He comes from a family that's not confrontational. They're all so non-confrontational, yet the brother-in-law did something extremely confrontational that deserves to be met with confrontation. You know what I would compare this to? I would compare this to walking down the street and there's some scary, crazy person, clearly crazy, mm. lunatic in the street, and they come up to you and they like insult your wife or they insult you or they scream at you or they tell you you're a piece of shit. What do you do in that situation? Do you say, oh, yeah, well, I'll show you. <laughs> no, you so look down, tre- you, you, you okay, say, no, thank so you, and you calmly walk okay, forward. Okay, so you're treating the 18-year-old brother-in-law as someone mentally unstable no, in the street? No, no, I'm not saying, no, that's not a direct correlation. I'm saying it's a situation where, yes, your instinct is to be like, who the hell do you think you are? But the rational move is to not let something like that build into a much bigger problem with you suddenly having a dangerous fist fight with a crazy person (laughs) in the street who might have a what knife. By the way, the thing that I always worry about in those situations is not actually getting stabbed, but getting stabbed with a knife that's so dirty. (laughs) 
That's how crazy. That's my OCD. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking, like, what if he stabs him? Yeah, where has that knife knife been? That's the thing. Like, I'll take a knife. And a stabbing, you know, like a a shallow stab, but I'll take one. But I'm not taking one with a dirty knife. You need it to be Valerian steel. That's right. It's got to be coming out of a sheath, like shining and glimmering. Recently disinfected. Yeah. So I feel like I'm spending too much time thinking about the rage that I relate to H heavily. I think that's clear. And I agree. It shouldn't be turned into a bigger problem than it is with the husband. But I still think something should be said because I think it's the right thing. to I do. agree with you. At the next meeting, he should be like, dude, you're a dick. That was a dick move. What's wrong with you? And that's it. See what happens. Maybe the brother's like, oh, I feel really bad. I'll, I'll change his name. And if he doesn't, oh my God, that, forget no, it. That kid is not. No, doing that kid's that a yet. dick. But I think the husband. Okay, and I didn't mention this because I had thought I misunderstood. I thought maybe he did say something when he said it doesn't he was sound irritated. like he said anything. He didn't say he anything. Was like, well, he downplayed it and was like, "My family won't understand why it's such a big deal." That, that what bothers me about that is that who cares if they don't understand why it's a big deal? It's a big deal to her, his wife. Uh, uh, for that reason, for that reason. I am amending my overall recommendation. <laughs> One caveat, the next time they see them, he should very vocally and in no uncertain terms, not like, oh, we have to talk. Yeah. No, just be like, dude, what was up with naming your dog? You know, whatever the name is. Like, the that's name. a dick move. What's I love wrong that with she you? didn't even reveal the name. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's <laughs> it, not it a great has... name. Maybe maybe the brother-in-law saved her naming her kid a shitty well, name. Well, apparently it was a good enough name for him to name his puppy, even though there's a million names. You can name your puppy Pickle. And by the way, a puppy's name is rarely a human name. It's, 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 it must be a very interesting he name. He went out of his way to do something really, really, I, I maintain mean. This is a mean thing to and have done. And that's why, that's what it deserves. It deserves the equal level of meanness. It deserves his brother, her husband. Yeah. Next time he says, it'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Or honestly, H, I know that you want to pick your battles here. To me, this is a battle worth picking. Uh. I, I. That's not. Oh, I think it is. What bothers me is like, I feel like she's been silenced. I feel like, oh, she's been told that this isn't a big deal. And I beg to differ. And look, even if you don't think it's a big deal, that doesn't mean that it can't be a big deal to me. I don't like how she's being kind of like convinced that this is not a big deal what? and that she's overreacting. Okay. But but this is like riding a roller coaster. This uh-huh. is going to be a really, okay. oh, I'm really comfortable. <laughs> rugged analogy. Okay, okay. Okay. Comfortable. Stick with me here. So a roller coaster simulates a very scary death-defying experience, but you know it's safe. Yes. So that's why it's fun. You're like, I'm going to experience death, but I know I'm not going to die. Increasingly not that safe. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you actually (laughs) will experience death, but we don't want to talk about that. So I am experiencing that in this conversation because I can feel the kind of discomfort and and just misery I would be going through if I was in his position and you were H. <laughs> and this is a thrill ride for me because I can now talk freely knowing that it's not your problem. Oh my God, you're like in a dream. I can still experience the pain and suffering of having to go through this situation you're lucid from his dreaming. perspective. Lucid dreaming. Yeah. Right or, now. or a roller coaster, okay, which whatever, I yeah, prefer yeah. you let me stick okay, with the original sorry. analogy. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, this is a thrill. This is an amusement park ride. It's like, come on up, <laughs> step right up, and experience what it would be like 
to be the husband of a woman who has a name for her son and then her brother-in-law names the dog. The dog is named the name of the woman who you're married to and you have to deal with it. Step right up. Come one, come all. Two bits. How uh, much does that ride cost? Two bits. I just said. What, what, what's bits? Two bits is a quarter. That's an old, old-timey old term for a quarter. Oh. This is an old-timey ride. Oh. You couldn't get away with a ride now. Like <laughs> they were bored back then. Okay, so question. <laughs> what choice do you make on that ride? So you get to live vicariously through H's story. Already, I am H. You are the husband. I've already... I've. Oh, if I want to have a real thrill ride, yeah. I'm just like, bitch, get over it. <laughs> Uh, okay, because that's how you truly feel. Oh, you really oh, yeah. agree with the husband. Here. Oh, I would just let her rip. Uh, who gives a shit? It's a dog. <laughs> it's funny in the end. He's not funny. He's a dick. I stand by that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not just law. saying that to humor you. Remember, I'm on the ride. Yeah. I can have as thrilling a ride yeah, as I yeah. want. <laughs> I think he's a dick. To be perfectly honest, he's a dick, and he may have issues. He yeah, may have issues. But this is a semi-victimless crime. I know that you're upset about it. I know that you, the woman, well, is upset I about this. Well, because I can tell. Okay, so. But you're it, more upset that I'm not upset. That's what you're really upset about. Really, in the end, in three months, you'll get over, you'll be like, hey, this is kind of funny. I'll tell my girlfriends, and they'll be like, oh my God, but that's pretty funny. It's a funny story. It's not that funny. Who cares if he's named <laughs> the same name as your kid? How is that going to become a real problem? Why is that a problem? It's funny. It's just the wrong thing to do. It's not funny. He's not funny for doing it. He's a dick, yeah. but it becomes funny. He didn't even understand what it would become. It's funny now. The only way it becomes funny is if sh they come up with a name, a new name, if they find another name they love as much, if not more. And so they mo can move on from it entirely. Well, that's a great, that's a happy ending. Yes. I agree. But uh, although reason why I'm reacting so strong and then I swear I want to move on. We've spent way too long on this. So H has been a Shandy since day one. I relate to H. H speaks me. I speak her. And I know like I've thought about baby names for as long as I can remember. I still don't know what if we had a baby, what I would name our baby. And so I know how difficult it would be for me to make that decision, mm. that choice. It is like, I feel the weight of it. I know that if I did have a kid, naming that baby would be agonizing. And I see her in this email and how it's written. And I know she, that's why she listens to us. And so I feel like it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, it's just a name. It's like, but no, it's more than that. It's something that spoke to you. You had a reaction to it. It's not as simple as being like, oh, I'll come up with another name. That's just how I feel. And I don't understand it. <laughs> and I don't understand it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess, okay, what's our advice for H? I, My advice is this. It's not really advice, but I, as if I was H, to be fair... I would expect my husband to tell his brother that he's a dick. Yeah, it's in a, no uncertain terms. Not yeah. make it a big thing like a sit-down family conversation. Yeah. This is no, it's it over. could even be passive this, aggressive. Absolutely, it could be like he's like nice going, dude. Yeah, way to really like way to like screw up my relationship yeah, yeah, by yeah. being a dick. Yeah, like what was what you was, couldn't name your dog something just even slightly different, like change yeah. one letter. Yeah, he's a, he's a dick. The kids a instead dick. of naming the dog Penny, name it like Benny or something. <laughs> 
Why would you have to name it a similar name? <laughs> All I'm saying is that, like, for him to take that exact name, it's so well, that's, mean. That's the point. He was trying to make a point. He's a dick. Yeah. And the husband should call him out on that, but it should be a simple thing. It shouldn't be a whole family destroying episode, is what I'm saying. <laughs> The family should okay. stay intact yeah, the family and the should dog should have the same name as the son that is not born yet. Okay. All right. All right. I think part of this H comes down to you being upfront about how much it bothers you. Yeah. Just to hold you a little responsible. I feel like you've been convinced that it's not that big a deal. And I think it's okay to admit to yourself that it does bother you as much as it does. I, you can tell this whole email is seething with anger and she's yeah. like, but I know it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Know. You're allowed to be bothered. Yeah. You are. Own it. I, I think she should be bothered and she should tell her husband that, uh, you know, I'd like you to say something. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a big And if thing. you don't, I will. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. That always works. <laughs> Wait, I shouldn't tell you that. Does it light the fire? <laughs> yeah, it does. It makes me like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. You give her the choice of two bad things. One's worse than the other mm-hmm. one. You take the less one bad one. One you have some control over. Yeah. At least I know that. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm driving the car. Let him say something. Tell your husband to say something to that stupid brat. It should just be met with not just smiles and ha ha ha's. That's all. Because I I feel like right now that's all anyone's doing. And I promise you, if you let this cool and you let the the pie sit out and it's just eventually, you know, solidify. What does a pie do when it cools? It gets a little less moist, right? Yeah. Or like when I make an eggplant Parmesan, I have to let it sit Sit. for 10 minutes because you have to let it like set. Yeah. Otherwise, if you cut it, it's just like. Exactly. It needs to congeal a bit. Yeah. And uh, exactly. There's too much liquid. Yeah. It needs. Yeah. So let this set. And I promise you there will be many, many good and funny stories to be told about this. But for now, don't let it destroy your family. Don't let it bother no, you anymore. No just one's don't saying let it's it. destroying the family. It's just about speaking up for yourself when, you, like, you, when someone you, does something that bothers these you. These are the things that start world wars. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I Hold think on, we've I'm going to unbuckle th- myself. <laughs> oh, that was great. Wait, what was that? No, I was unbuckling. You know when you come... <laughs> Like, Getting off the ride. Yeah, like, <laughs> boom. They always come to like a, a yeah, hard stop. Yeah, and it's always a little rougher the, than you think. Belt goes yeah, in. you're like, you just, you just leave. You're like, oh, that was great. Wow. That's great. I want to do that again. That's a ride you do again. <laughs> okay. Andy, getting off the right. All right, H, good luck. I feel you. Andy might be downplaying this. <laughs> you're telling me through his roller coaster ride is telling me, bitch, get over it. Am, am I back on the ride? <laughs> oh my God, that reminds me of Key and Peel. And I said, Bitch. Oh, you said you said bitch. <laughs> you actually said that, right? Okay, H. Seriously though, you're allowed to be upset about this, please. Like I, wow, I feel rage just reading that. <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay. I'm so glad that's not us. I'd be so annoyed about how annoyed you were. <laughs> I, you know what? I am curious how the Shandies feel. Our predominantly female audience, I'm very curious, who I think are like-minded with me <laughs> and maybe you in some ways. I'm just curious to know if I and H, are we both overreacting? I want to say something here, which is going to get me a lot of flack, but I think that 70% of the time in, in the female-male disagreements, yeah, the woman's right. I'm going to say that. Okay. But in I, straight relationships. In straight relationships. <laughs> you gotta yes. always add that. I gotta, <laughs> heterosexual relationships, the woman is right 70% of the time. Okay. On average. Okay. 
But I will say this. This is an example where I know I'm right. And I know that they're all going to disagree with me. But I'm telling you, Shandies, that you're sometimes wrong. (laughs) 30% of the time you're wrong. And this is one of those times you're wrong. It's just right. And to me, this is a matter of right and wrong. Is it stupid? You're you're basically saying it's wrong to be upset about someone who wrongs you. No, it's wrong to harbor the upsetment. It's, it's, I'm not saying that the guy's not annoying and a dick. Yeah. And this is a. a No, uh, look, uh, do I, here's the thing. Do I wish I could rise above it? That's just as I think H probably wishes she could rise above it. Sure. But it doesn't feel like that's fair. There's like an unfairness to it all. I, listen. He got the name from them. He stole the name. I agree with you. (laughs) To name a dog. And I look, I love dogs, but it's not like he was naming his baby that name. I agree. This is why (laughs) I'm explaining this. Okay. Okay. Is yes, you're right about the feelings. Yes. But you're wrong about the reaction. Okay. All right. Well, we can agree to disagree on this one. All right. And finally, Andy, I feel like this is your favorite one but you tell me if I'm wrong. This is question... Because I'm 12. (laughs) This is question number three, episode 146. The question asker was C. And the question was... And I didn't even try to reword this. Sometimes I'll reword it in a way like to sort of Mm. suit how we answered it or how the question was asked. But this was her title verbatim, and I just thought it was perfect. So there was nothing to change. Can flatulence portend the waning of sexual attraction? I love how how eloquent the writing is. I know it's such fantastic. Highbrow material. Well, I, yes. I'm amazed it took us 142 episodes to not be discussing farting. <laughs> yeah, but then when we did discuss it, man, did we discuss it? Oh yeah. I mean, it's a it's a topic that must be discussed. So, do you feel you answered this correctly? Like, do you stand by your answer? Because not Absolutely. everyone agreed with you. Absolutely. I have no, I, this is one area where I feel extremely confident in my beliefs. I won't give away what I thought, but I also stand by my answer, if you can call it an answer. So am I right in assuming that this is your favorite question of the year? Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I'm passionate about the topic. So yeah, it was, it was up there. (laughs) Your passion showed. Okay, let's roll it. This next question is from C, as in the letter. That, that could be several things, C. It's true. Several things. It can, you, can you name all the things that C No, could be? it worked to use yeah. a letter. It did. Dear Shandy, your pod is my very favorite and has done so much for me as an avid listener, bringing the humor and joy alongside thought-provoking and perspective-expanding ideas. Ooh. My goodness, C. Thank wow. you. Thank you. Thank you, first off, for all of it. You are both so delightful. My question is undeniably gross, but I've got to think it is not unique to me, and I am so curious about your oh, taste. I'm excited for this one. My boyfriend, 28 male, and who I will refer to as Gaston, or G if you prefer, uh. Gaston, and I, 34F, female. <laughs> I'm so used to saying letters that I'm like, 34F. <laughs> 34 female okay. have been dating for four months and it has been great so far huh. he is hilarious weird which i am too and adore in a partner a mega hunk and has this brilliant mind that works in ways that are so different from mine and mm. that i find endlessly fascinating oh, sounds like a great guy we have an no age gap which was well, sorry no problems here <laughs> 
Sounds right. We have an age gap, which gave me pause in the beginning, but he is an old soul, mm. showing a lot more maturity than I, or I'm sure Andy, would expect based on his age alone. What? what sorry, just He's age. He's 28, she's 34. Got it. I get zero F-boy energy from him, and he is kind to the core, going out of his way to understand other people's perspectives and ensuring that those around him are cared for, protected, and supported. Mm. I think it's funny whenever a woman writes in about a guy who's younger than her like i always feel like the first paragraph is like trust me andy he's the real deal <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> they he's don't, a man they they don't believe that i trust them yeah but i will say it's always a good example of how it really to tie it back into question number one it's about the person it's an there are exceptions to all yeah. rules we're always talking bell curve here always bell curve yes always however in one particular way he is decidedly not mature Uh-oh. the man farts around me loudly <laughs> And often. And it is not tied to any medical condition. He simply sees no value in or has no respect for the early stage relationship fart barrier. It's hard to put a number to it, but it is a lot. Several farts a night. Burps too, and even more frequently. And publicly on this one. (laughs) Though less often, and he has the self-awareness to at least act embarrassed. I am not a prudish or shy person and probably would not notice the occasional toot if it was not as frequent. (laughs) (laughs) great use of toot yes i myself have not crossed this threshold not because i am uncomfortable around him or would be worried it would drive him away but because i want to soak up the honeymoon period for as long as possible and feel that the breaking of the fart barrier rapidly moves the relationship into a different more comfortable and possibly less sex charged phase so wise Mm -hmm. so right if i'm honest i think farts are funny When this first started, I would giggle and not think much of it. Mm -hmm. But lately, the farts have increased and the sex has dwindled, which has made (laughs) me wonder if this might be a sign that he sees me more as a buddy and less as a woman who still needs to be wooed in order to maintain attraction. Coupled with the fact that he is not very verbally effusive, my confidence has taken... He's, it depends how you define verbally. He may be saying "I love you" with his with his with, anus, with his or his yeah. burps. Coupled with the fact that he is not very verbally effusive, my confidence has taken a bit of a hit. I've asked him gently about this in a "Hmm, you sure seem to be farting a lot" type of way. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and he replied oh. by laughing and saying, "I guess I just feel so comfortable around you." That is an amazing <laughs> thing to say in a relationship. That is fantastic. I, you Thank sure you, seem, C. You sure do seem to be farting a lot. That's an amazing. That's, that's made my day. I'm going to think about that in my darkest times. I'm going to think about her saying that. So my question, when should people blow down the fart barrier? Hmm. Surely it is inevitable, but is going there too early a sign of anything other than comfort within the relationship? Am I being crazy for wanting him to treat me as less of a sure thing, which is what I read his farts to imply? <laughs> Can flatulence pretend the waning of sexual attraction? A couple more potentially pertinent facts. We live in a mid-sized city in the Pacific Northwest, and we also work together, but we're not friends prior to dating. Mm. Thank you so much, whether or not you choose to tackle this one, and who could blame you if you didn't? It was therapeutic to write out. And then she followed up. Blame us if we didn't. (laughs) She followed up with one more detail. This did not just begin. His first audible fart was within the first week or two of dating, but it is only within the past month or so that the frequency has risen to write a podcast for advice levels. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, C. Oh, okay. So a round of applause. Slow, I, slow, oh, slow. Sorry. And then it increases. Okay. All right. 
Okay, okay. so in all seriousness, I have a lot to say about this. But I, I won't stop you. And Go this may it. be funny, and it is funny. Okay. But it is also dead serious. Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't even know where to begin, but I'm going to try. Okay. Let's try to go from the bottom up or the top down. So this is what I will say about farts. In general, farts are funny. They are. They're hilarious. They're maybe the most, the most purest form of comedy that exists and has existed since man has walked the earth. Mm-hmm. Especially increasingly as we are so oh yeah so proper sterilized and like, yeah, and like, like technologically yeah, yeah. connected we, we couldn't possibly smell bad we have yeah, like scents and things to clean ourselves yeah, and fancy clothes Botox, and makeup and, thing, yeah. and yeah I mean is there anything funnier than a packed movie theater <laughs> you're sitting there it's like you're you're sitting in the middle of Schindler's List it's like the <laughs> most dramatic quietest moment in the movie and someone just rips one mm. is there anything funnier I actually than that? think that moment's funnier when they don't rip it it escapes it's like to me that's funnier than as a long big as one. as long as <laughs> I, I don't know uh, I'm on the fence about a squeaker versus a ripper. In oh, the in List. in that know, movie, that's... in the silent moment in Schindler's List, a squeaker's funnier. Uh, let me think about that. <laughs> Shandy's tuned in. You, you tell us. <laughs> I what mean, you think. I mean, a, a ripper is more bold. It's so bold. It is bold, but it's the other one is it's more nuanced. <laughs> the fact that it escapes. It, it, it's Despite true. efforts for not to, I would make it funny. That's so, such a good point. Thank you. Because the person was trying their best. They were doing everything yeah. they could to contain it. Yeah. And they couldn't. Yeah. And then it's like. Yeah. And yeah. then that's, you're right. It's still, it's still close. Yeah. The Ripper is still, I mean, it's pretty no, they're, solid. They're all funny. Anyway. I agree. Farts okay. are funny. Okay. But, but, okay. That being said. Yeah. Farts have to always remain funny in a relationship is my philosophy. Uh-huh. The day that a fart is no longer funny in a relationship is the day that that relationship, at least physically, is going south. Ooh. The day that I hear you let one fly by accident, <laughs> and I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's not a big deal. <laughs> that's, it's over. I'm laughing because I can't even imagine that scenario. Exactly. You know why you can't imagine that? Because I and you set firm... Fart-free zone relationship standards at the beginning of our dating. We didn't say it consciously. It wasn't like I was like, listen, I really want to date you exclusively. And also, by the way, don't fart. Yeah. But we did by not farting. Yeah. And when it did happen, which was very rare. Mm. I'm crying. Schindler's <laughs> List fart always gets me. But when we did, when we did and when we do, we're humans, we always laugh. Yeah. Always. Oh, it's you never, and me? Oh, my yeah, God. It's never like, you know, you like, well, I'm like, oh, oh, well, you're like this. You're like, oh, excuse me. Like, God forbid. If we ever get to the point where you let one fly and you say, excuse me, without any any comedy, I may kill us. I may be a murder suicide. I may kill us both. I There was a very funny one fairly recently. Can I tell it? Yeah, yeah. When we were on the cruise. Well, you I was trying the, to respect the boundaries. Well, yeah, you were, you pulled one of your cheeks away. I and did. as I walked by, I heard a little... <laughs> wasn't that little i i miscalculated yeah you yeah. didn't realize what direction i was going in and the fact that the f could still be heard I, I, and the fact I, that i could see your hand behind you but we we had a really big laugh look, over it it's it's hilarious and i i always, actually i have always prided myself on knowing before it comes out what the character 
of 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 the the fart's going to be. Yeah, I know how loud it's going to be, and I know if it's going to have other problems. So what you're saying is, you think the fact that these farts have gotten more and more comfortable to use his word yeah. and have been increasing that there is a direct correlation to the fact that the sex has also been dwindling oh is it not possible I, that they've just been dating long enough it's and more sex nuanced is gonna than dwindle it. i have no a lot what? more to say about this okay, i haven't even gotten started okay so there's another issue here okay there's opposing forces uh-huh the fact that he is letting them rip left right and center without even acknowledging that's another thing when you don't acknowledge it when you just let one rip in a relationship and you don't acknowledge it, a new relationship, that's a bold move. Yeah. But it does show an extreme level of comfort. And look, this guy obviously is extremely fart forward. There's no, no yeah, question yeah. about it. This yeah. guy just. For a week in, for it to just yeah. happen without. Yeah. yeah. He's like farting him is like breathing. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get, it doesn't, it's not a big deal, which, which upsets me because he should respect it more. It should be treated like going out to a fine dinner, a Michelin dinner. <laughs> yes. It's it's a delicacy. Yeah. But this guy's so comfortable with her that he just lets him fly constantly. Yeah. And that is a testament to the relationship in itself from his perspective. Yes. He's it's so a compliment. comfortable. It's like he's like, "Oh, that's so sweet." It's like I'm like family. Mm -hmm. Like you don't care. So you don't think it's a reflection of his age? It's, let's not talk about age. That's irrelevant. But yes, it might be. How old is he again? He's he's twenty eight. I can't help but wonder if he no. were thirty eight. If he was no, no. If you're no. That, so you that, think it may, means nothing? No, it doesn't mean maturity. I was a no relationship farter at eighteen. Okay, okay. It doesn't okay. change. Okay, a no. If anything, it might get more loose as you get older. But you're just like fuck it. I don't care anymore. And it also gets harder to hold in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're just like I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna just keep. It's it's not happening. They're the. The, the floodgates are going to open here. Okay. But that's the positive side. <laughs> yeah. This guy clearly feels comfortable with her. Yeah. The question is, does he feel that comfortable with everybody? Is he just letting, is he like in a, like a conference room during work and just ripping? Like, that's does hard this to guy imagine. just not respect farts? I don't think so. Yeah. I think it has to do with her. I think he's just like, this is what he does when he's comfortable. So she with should someone. take it as a compliment. She should take that as a compliment. However, the fact that their relationship has been robbed of the comedy of farts and has been, injected with the disgustingness and the obtrusiveness of farts mm. is a problem. Farts should be very infrequent and unexpected and always funny. Mm. Always. The squeakers, the rippers, the si <laughs> everything. Silent farts never funny. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay, that's Silent the one fart. Killers. The one for not funny. On the one hand, you should be happy that he's comfortable with you. On the other hand, I think you might want to say farts are funny. Have some respect. Respect have the fart. Have some respect. This might have to be a sit-down talk. Respect the fart. Respect the fart. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so wait, we're still not tying this into sex. Oh, 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 I wasn't, there's so much to unpack okay, here. Okay. I was getting to that. Okay. Thank you. I've Thank been, you. I've been waiting. Thank you. One of the main reasons why I have always had a no fart policy in relationships, and when I say no fart, I mean, obviously there's farts, yeah. but they have to be funny. Yeah. And they're infrequent. They are. They're always acknowledged. I can confirm that they are infrequent. I have never once ever since I've dated women ever let one girl or woman get away with a single one girl fart. or woman. Well, that's because it's been such a range, but like since I was like 17 <laughs> yeah. to my age now, okay. not no one has ever gotten away with anything. Not the tiniest squeaker. With you? Not. Oh, like you laugh. I have made a comment. I have said, oh, <laughs> what do we got here? Oh, 
Every, it doesn't matter what it is. It's Some true. peanut gallery comment, no one gets away with it in this household, yeah. ever. What about with yourself? And I expect it to be acknowledged yeah, yeah. unless I get away with it. Yeah. Which sometimes I think I can get no, away with. No, you almost it. never do with me. Yeah, you're I good. Have my ears are you too good. Me. But I, I've gotten away with some. I try to get away with the, with them. That, I get away with about ten percent of them. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be more attuned. Okay, so the point being, get to the point. Okay, sex, the point sex. being is the reason I have that rule is because we have to, as humans, because we're humans and we're not aardvarks. We have to see each other as some kind of elevated form. We're uh. not just animals living in slop. Uh-huh. And to see you, especially you, as an elevated form, look at look at you. I mean, do I look at you and say like that? Now that's a farter. <laughs> huh. Okay. And I don't ever want to look at you and think that's a farter. I do want to look at you and say that's someone who once in a blue moon will fart and it will be hilarious. Mm. I like that. I can still sexualize you in every way. Hmm. But- if you're just left, right, and center, dropping, ripping, just tearing in, I slowly start seeing you as a little bit of an animal. It mm. starts becoming disgusting. It starts becoming unappealing sexually. And I would expect there to be no difference coming this way. Yeah. That's why I respect the, the fart. fart. I understand if you're the kind of person who's like, farting is a big part of my life, and I don't want to <laughs> be in a situation where I'm contrived, where I'm not allowed to express myself anally. Yeah. <laughs> okay? I respect that. Yeah. But that should be something that's discussed. Explain. Listen, I, I have I have a lot of gas, and I, I just feel so much more comfortable being able to just let it go without any issues, without comments, without embarrassment. And I want the same for you. It doesn't bother me. Like, let's just have a complete free for all with farting. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to think about it. That's fine. But you may, as the other person in that relationship, not be able to ever fully get over the physical turnoff of that arrangement. Okay. So I know people who, when we did disclose in an earlier Q&A that we don't fart or burp with abandon around each other, mm -hmm. that People are, were kind of surprised. You know, we've been together for a while and we still sort of have that air of watching it around each other. And what I don't know is the co those couples who do fart and burp with abandon around each other, how active their sex lives are. So I don't know if there's a correlation or not. And I think that there is something kind of lovely about being so comfortable around yeah. each other that maybe you do lose some respect for the fart. But I will say that all of my relationships have been kind of like this. Like, I don't really want to be with someone who just is farting constantly. Who does? It's not funny anymore. It then becomes a problem. It's like, especially uh, if they smell, we're not talking about smell. No, we're not no. talking about smell. We already enough. established that a silent, a, most yeah. of the smelly ones are silent anyway. Yeah. So silent no, farts, it, not funny. No, I don't think the volume of a fart indicates whether or not it's going to smell bad. I would, disagree slightly but oh, okay yeah generally i think the the more volume <laughs> the safer you are in the smell department okay. but, but it's not always the case no not always the case no okay so what's the what's the point the point is that even in those relationships where it's a free-for-all i think there'd be a better physical relationship if it was toned down so a bit. your point is that you think that c is in the right that yes. the sex is dwindling yes. because of how comfortable and even if she, how could she be in the wrong she's the one Who's in the dwindling? She's yeah, dwindling. She's, she and she said that it has recently risen to right into podcast. a podcast. You do not want to ever be in a relationship where it's right into podcast level farting. <laughs> 
You can. Okay. It's not sustainable sexually. Well, I think people might argue it's not sustainable to not just fart in front of each other. There's ways you, you can do this. It's not that difficult. Yeah, My yeah, life yeah. is not impeded by the fact that I'm not constantly tearing I in every that day. I think that's a key thing to mention here is that the, for the people who do think that this is a level of formality we still keep with each other, it costs me almost nothing, nothing. to go upstairs when I have an issue. Yeah. And if occasionally one slips out, it's funny. We have a good laugh. Occasionally. Okay. So what should she do? I think she should say to him, look, I respect the comedy of farts and I want to bring the funniness back. And to do that, you're going to have to tone it down because it's getting gross and it's turning me off. And I want to laugh at your farts. I don't want to be grossed out by them. Hmm. It's not going to get better. I think I'm going to cop out of answering this one because I don't feel confident enough to agree or disagree with you wholeheartedly. I can agree with you in the sense that that works for us. and But I don't want to be like, oh, therefore no couples should should fart with abandon in front of each other because who am I to say that that bothers you to the point where you won't be attracted to the person anymore? We're talking about the bell curve. There are obviously some fringe partners that not only can have a perfectly amazing sexual Mm -hmm. life while farting constantly, some might even be turned on by it. There are like, I know for a fact, there are like fetish videos of girls farting on cakes. That (laughs) at least that used to be a thing. I'm not kidding. There's a go Google it. You, you laugh. You don't think I'm... I just wasn't expecting cakes to be the thing cakes. that that sentence ended with. Women farting on cakes is a thing. Okay. I know you think I'm talking shit, but no, I'm not. No, I, I don't. You know what? I do not think you're yeah. talking shit. I fully yeah. believe that exists. Okay. I mean, you have a lot more to say about this than I do, so I think we'll just leave it there. Uh, yeah. Okay. See, good luck with that incredibly awkward conversation. I will make one request, if, if C doesn't mind. I would like you to secretly record that conversation. <laughs> And send it to us. <laughs> All right. Good luck, C. Okay, Andy, that is it for our top six Q&As of the year. And we don't want to make it sound like we pick favorites when it comes to Q&A questions. I have to stress that. Because mm. it's not necessarily that the question was our favorite. It's like the question and answer. It's like the conversation it evoked. You know what? I'm really wondering if our favorites will line up with our Shanty's favorites. There are times when someone will say, this was my favorite Q&A of all time. And we're like, really? That one? Mm. So maybe That actually we're happens off. a lot, honestly. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll, we'll put together a Q&A and I'll send it out and I'll be like, this is an amazing, I'll be like, I love this Q&A. It sounds so self-indulgent. And yeah, then- no one cares. Yeah, like the numbers won't be that great and people like don't seem to care that much. And I'll be like, really, this one? And then another Q&A, people will be like, this is the best Q&A to date. And I'm just- We don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're learning. Like, I bet you anything, people will comment under this one and be like, I can't believe these are the six Yeah, that's it. That'd be funny if no, there are no comments except people disagreeing with our top six. Like you idiots, you have bad taste in your own Q&As. All right. I think that's a wrap then, Andy, for our final episode of 2022. Shandies, you have no idea how much we appreciate you. We're just, we just adore you guys. You really make, I don't know, you make a lot of aspects of our life a lot more joyous and you make us appreciate even each other and our relationship in a new way that honestly, I don't know if we would if it weren't for you. So we're really thankful. Definitely wouldn't. We we appreciate things more. 
Because, you know, you go through life, you stop, you take things for granted. It's just human nature. Yeah. But, yeah, but we the don't... Shandies force us to reflect <laughs> on all the good yeah. things we have. Yeah. It's not like we sit around talking about like how great our banter or dynamic is. You know what I mean? Like we don't think about that. And so to have other people sort of shine a light on something that is special and that we should appreciate and notice is truly priceless. It does go beyond thank yeah, you. So we really just, appreciate you guys a lot. Yeah. We wish you a very happy holiday season and a happy new year. And yeah, stay safe and healthy. See you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear Shandy.